Action Fanatics, welcome to another edition of the Bulletproof Podcast. I am your host, Chris the Brain, and joining me as always, my co-host, Mr. Chad Cruz. Chad, how's it going? I am just doing fantastically, Chris. Thanks for asking. I love your energy, Chad. Always up at the beginning of the show. And joining us once again, he is back, the toy man himself, the president of the Zach Morris fan club, Chris DiPetrillo from Figures Toy Company. Chris. Welcome back. Thank you very much. The president and also a client, as Cy Sperling once said back in the day. And uh, speaking of figures, Toy Company, I know uh, uh, probably about two weeks ago from when this will uh, drop, you announced uh, Shane Strickland on, uh, what was it, the Fully Posable podcast? Yep, uh, Fully Posable. Jeff and Scott over there, if you have checked out any of the toys that made us on Netflix, they are the two brothers who were interviewed for the wrestling episode, but they've been doing a podcast for a couple of years, and I've become friendly with them over time, and they dropped an exclusive look at the Shane Strickland. Uh, Some of you who watch NXT right now may know him as Isaiah Swerve Scott, but uh, myself and the crew at FTC managed to land a deal with him mere months before WWE picked him up, so... We got in right while the getting was good, and his first ever figure will not come from Mattel. It will come from Figures Toy Company in our Rising Stars of Wrestling series. Now, I have to imagine, since you did that on Fully Posable, you're going to come on here now and tell us that you've got those Avenging Force action figures ready to go. I mean, if I had those ready to go, you'd already know by now because we'd be celebrating and Chad would have more energy. So I think we all know the answer to that one. You know, I thought I would please. Now, now you just turned me into a killjoy before we even got to the core of the conversation. I would have my pin tangle high right now. You would. <laughs> you would. Well, we are going to get uh, we're going to get to something good here in, in just a moment. But before so, uh, let's talk about our social media. We definitely would love for you to follow us on social media if you're not already doing so. We are at Bulletproof Pod on Twitter and at Bulletproof Action on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, we always want you to check out the site, bulletproofaction.com. And uh, speaking of that, it was last August where we had our ultimate PM entertainment countdown. And that is going to be the topic of conversation here on this episode. And to me, um, I loved our Canon countdown that we did in 2018, but I think we really perfected the formula in 2019 with PM entertainment. And uh, this list is a, a who's who of PM entertainment. So if you guys are ready, let, let's get, let's get this countdown started. Let's jump right in. In, in the, uh, the only way that PM knows how to do it is let, let's get to the action, right? Maybe flip a few cars and I don't know, play some saxophone music Ooh. and uh, yeah, some sultry women. And what, what else? Bring in some, uh, bring in some celebrities from about 10, 20 years ago. Right. And, and maybe throw in some kickboxing. So, uh, that's, that's where we're at. And we're going to start off with a, a great kickboxing film. Number 10 on the list, Ring of Fire starring Don the Dragon Wilson. This is actually, I believe Don the Dragon Wilson's first movie with PM Entertainment and, uh, a Shakespearean quality to this film, uh, Mr. DiPetrillo. Literally, uh, also akin to West Side Story with the whole rival gangs, uh, Romeo, Juliet, West Side Story, however you want to look at it. It was worlds colliding when uh, Don Wilson fell in love with a girl from the right side of the tracks, but her friends, her family did not approve, and it set off a kickboxing, bloody fist-fighting chain of events all throughout the city and all throughout the film. Yeah, and a lot of uh, you know interesting... Uh martial artists that you would have seen in other things. Yeah, Vince Burdacco's in there. I know from, from LA wars and from to be the best. Um, Eric well, Lee, Eric Lee. Absolutely. Who did deliver a very quotable scene uh, where he was preparing for a fight by saying that he had Bruce Lee's favorite drink. What? <laughs> and that was quoted many a time growing up in the uh, deep Petrillo household and among friends. Yeah, it's very funny. Ring of Ring of Fire, um, 
it's one of the earliest PM like kickboxing movies that I can remember. You correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, Richard Munchkin directed it, and uh, he actually had written it as well. And he had like two months from the time he was told that he was directing a film um, until they started pre-production on it. And they said, yeah, we're, we're going to give this film to direct. We want it to be a kickboxing movie. Um, we're super excited for it, but we're shooting for February. Um, he said, wonderful. That sounds great. Can you send me a script? And they said, you'll have it once you write it. Uh, <laughs> so it was like three months off, you know, three months between when he heard about the movie and when they started filming that, uh, that this film kind of, it became what it was. He said, why write something when you could just steal from Shakespeare? Right. Perfect. I mean, in Munchkin, you know, we talked about him on our fist of iron episode, mm-hmm. uh, with Michael Worth. He directed that and Eric Lee, who, uh, Chris just mentioned also in that film plays a big part. And not only was this the, the first film for, for Don the Dragon Wilson, this was the first in a trilogy, uh, a ring of fire trilogy. And uh, as things progress, as these trilogies often do, uh, it kind of strays from the original. I mean, the second one, they keep that love story. His, his, his lady love, I guess at that point, his fiance is kidnapped and taken into this underground world and, quite bizarre, uh, quite a different movie from the second one. And by the third, I think they've killed her off and he's uh, falling in love with a park ranger. If I'm not mistaken, they're not in space yet. (laughs) I would take Don Wilson in space any day. We should write that script. Uh, the interesting thing too, is that Maria Ford who plays Julie in the first two movies, Don Wilson went on to star in black belt, which we've talked about on the site. I reviewed that for no surrender cinema, but a year or two after Black Belt was released, Maria Ford played literally the same role because they made a movie called Angel of Destruction, which was pretty much a copycat version of Black Belt, just with female stars. And she took over for her one-time movie love, Don Wilson, in that film. Good old Roger Corman. Recycle. Recycle scripts, recycle casts. Hey, whatever works. And PM Entertainment recycles action stars. And cars. And cars, of course. All right. And you talked about uh, reviewing uh, Black Belt, but you also reviewed the number nine movie on our countdown, A Dangerous Place, starring Ted Jan Roberts. Uh, an effort was made, I guess, to kind of tap into that karate kid audience or just appeal to a younger demographic, have it more of a PG, PG-13 rated film, because obviously most of what PM Entertainment was putting out was for an adult audience, the R-rated uh, you know, types of films, but a dangerous place, uh, Marshall Arteague's in that Corey uh, Feldman. It's a, you know, it's a pretty star studded cast. We even got somebody from Saturday morning TNBC in there. William James Jones playing one of the members of the Scorpions, the good guy in the Scorpions that buddies up to uh, TJ Roberts character as he infiltrates the gang, trying to uncover why his brother was killed. Yeah, kind of a dark scene, too, for, as I said, this was kind of uh, geared, obviously, to a younger audience, but you have a teenager hanging from a basketball hoop in the gym. Not uh, the most pleasant thing uh, to be watching with with the family. And Corey Feldman as the main heel in the movie. I mean, who would have thought that one of the Goonies would be the, uh, the ultimate bad guy in a martial arts film about 10 years later? The Goonie becomes a goon. I could, see, no. you know, I, I could see Corey Feldman as a bad guy, but when you said bad guy in a martial arts film, that's when it got kind of, it got confusing to me. Right. And he's got jet black hair in it just to, it's to prove that he's a bad guy. And he's still in high school. Which, yeah, that's a long run to be in high school. I don't, I think there was another, there's another one where I can't remember now, but. Long run. Yeah, these these some of these people stay in high school for... Oh, I know what it was. It was another Ted Jan Roberts where the uh, kid from... Or the guy at that point from uh, Adventures in Babysitting is his best friend. They work at the uh, hot dog stand together. Was it The Power Within? It was The Power Within. There you go. Another of the T.J. Roberts. I mean, so that guy... T.J. Roberts fan club right here. That guy was... You know, he was a kid in Adventures in Babysitting in the 80s and still in the 90s. He was still in high school. That was a uh, good old Keith Coogan. Keith Coogan. That's who I was. But, that's who I was searching for. 
we would be uh, we would be remiss to not mention the appearance of Mr. Johnny Lawrence himself, William Zabka, as the villain in that movie. That is true. And so, yeah, so you have Corey Feldman in A Dangerous Place in the Zabka-type role, um, and then Marshall Arteague is in the Martin uh, Cove role, and uh, Ted Jan Roberts. Did the experiment work? I mean, they made several films with him. It did not work. It didn't. You know, no one was really seeking out the Magic Kid. I personally, growing up, uh, I enjoyed the first Magic Kid. I enjoyed The Power Within. A Dangerous Place is my favorite one. Um, actually had the original DVD for a while, and then uh, it became rare. But it's popped up on compilations. I believe you, Mr. Brain, own the same compilation that I do that it appears on, the uh, the 10 movie collection where Keanu Reeves is on the front with a John Wick yes, promo sir. shot, even though John Wick is nowhere to be found on there. <laughs> so uh, enjoyable popcorn cable kind of movies, but he uh, he kind of came and left pretty quick, Mr. Roberts did. Yeah, you can see that you'll, you'll see it even more so as we go on with this list that PM Entertainment was very reactive when it came to like the films they were making. So, you know, Bloodsport was popular. So, you know, they did uh, Ring of Fire. Like, we need to get a kickboxing movie or something. You know, Karate Kid's popular. We need to get a teenager coming-of-age karate movie. So they do A Dangerous Place. And it's the same way with the, with the stars in a lot of these movies. You know, they, didn't, they don't get Cynthia Rothrock when she's, you know, making outstanding films. No, her, her movies are good, but it's five, ten years after she's kind of already hit it in Hong Kong or whatever. So they're really pulling these actors well beyond their their uh, their peak, if you will. Which was very evident in a dangerous place where the supporting cast was Dick Van. Uh, I'm sorry, Dick Van Patten from I almost said Dick Van Dyke from Eight Is Enough. Aaron Gray from Silver Spoons. It was a, a veritable who's who of eighty sitcoms as the supporting cast. All right, number eight on the list. Here's one that I just recently discovered uh, in probably the past two years. The Sweeper, starring C. Thomas Hall, C. Thomas Howell, easy for me to say, and Ed Lauder, one of my favorites, of course, from many a Bronson film, including the greatest Bronson film or any film of all time, Death Wish 3. Or any film, he says. Yeah, this is one that I, I have to admit that I've never actually seen. Um, so I don't have a whole lot of input here other than I watched the trailer about an hour ago and I thought to myself, why on earth have I never watched this? Right. This looks absolutely awesome. Yeah. There are, there are three big like uh, action pieces in it. Um, and I, one of them was a scene of the week that I did. Um, if you want to look it up on bulletproofaction.com, I've also reviewed yeah, the film. Let's give it. All right. Good for you. Anyway. Um, yeah. I just, because I, I think it's because it's freaking C. Thomas Howell, who, yes, was in like Red Dawn and whatnot, but you don't think like, oh, I'm going to watch a real kick-ass action movie right. that's going to have C. Thomas Howell as the hero. <laughs> that doesn't pop into anyone's head. I don't. If you say it, it did, you're a liar. But I'm going to tell you what, this sweeper is a sleeper of the PM Entertainment world because that thing just crept up on me, and I love it. It's it, you know, I'm glad it, I'm glad it made the list. I remember it from Cable. It had a decent little cast for a B-movie because not only did you have C. Thomas Howell, but his dad was Jeff Fahey. And right. Jeff Fahey was not really playing older characters at that time. So it was just kind of an interesting pairing to have him in there. And uh, there was also an appearance. I can't think of his name. I'm going to have to IMDB it. But the sheriff from the infamous Jack Frost horror movie was one of the supporting characters in there. Right, and the, there was also the guy from RoboCop, uh, from OCP. He's in there. I can't think of his name. So you can IMDB that too while you're at it. <laughs> I I will. Can I can I say this one thing uh, before we move on? Please there is do. a line. There is a line in the trailer that says, "Now he's a cop who can't kill enough killers." Right. So the yeah, the deal is he kind of gets uh, recruited by this rogue group. You know, they kind of. They take out the people that uh, maybe would slip through the cracks uh, of right. the justice system. So they don't they don't have to play by those rules. They just take people out. But of course, anytime you have a scenario like that, whoever's in charge tends to get a little drunk with power. And 
And by the way, you were referring to uh, Mr. Felton Perry from the RoboCop Felton series. Felton Perry, that is a, there you go. Yeah, and Felton Perry also appeared in Puppet Master 4, which was the entry where the hero of the story is playing laser tag with the puppets. If you haven't seen that scene, I highly urge you to look that up on YouTube when this podcast is over. Wait, this isn't going to be like the uh, the one video that you the can one of the kids garbage pail kids. Oh yeah, yeah. We're going to get another scene of the week out of the, out of Chris. He's going to do laser <laughs> tag with puppets uh, at this this Halloween season. Stay tuned. All right, well, let's move on to number seven. It is a Jeff Wincott classic, Last Man Standing. Once again, this one, I think everybody knows for the vehicular awesomeness that is contained in here. Just the awesomeness of Jeff Wincott in general. Jeff Wincott, he he goes above and beyond in about every film he did for PM Entertainment. And I think in Last Man Standing, it's probably my favorite one of his films, um, I mean, I don't know. It, it takes a simple formula, and it if you say anything about PM Entertainment, they they may have not been um, the first ones to do things as far as like bringing you know actors and uh, stories and like these like really intriguing plot lines. They they kept it pretty simple for the most part. But when it came to stunts and action and choreography, man, they were just like they were going crazy. Like the fight on the truck. Yes, the fight on the truck, and that was a uh, it was in another movie a couple years later. And everyone was like, "Did you see that fight on a truck? I've never seen anything like that in my entire life." Really? Because I saw it like a year and a half ago. Right, Jeff Wincott, and, and the other thing about about Jeff Wincott, a lot of the the uh, people that uh, PM Entertainment use, like a Don the Dragon Wilson and, and Gary Daniels, who we'll get into later, they were martial artists turned actors. Where, where Wincott had the advantage was he was an actor who was also a martial artist. So I think that's why he was able to bring a little bit more to the roles. I mean, he seemed more like a legitimate star and and obviously an actor because he that's what he was by trade. Yeah. Um, he just happened to also uh, do martial arts. So yeah, Wincott definitely stands head and shoulders above the rest as far as acting quality is concerned and and just brings more depth i think to his characters and they're not they're not as one-dimensional as as you know often action uh movie characters can be yeah as much as i enjoy gary daniels films like he seems out of place when he has to do anything other than you know kick someone in the face now you mentioned this one being your favorite wincott film would you put that ahead of mission of justice which has always been my personal favorite, and I think it's the one that a lot of people kind of revert to when asked if they've ever seen Jeff Wincott before. I think it, I think it's ahead of it. Uh, I think the story has a little bit more to offer, and I think that Wincott, because, I mean, I, I love Jonathan Fuller. I love his hair in this movie. I mean, John Banks is in it. Uh, the the Hispanic dude at the beginning who's in like you know he plays the villain in all these movies in the nineties. The guy uh, with the tattoos. The guy with all the tattoos. Uh, you know, yeah, you that's know uh, Robert Lissardo. He actually, he's been in like a million and one movies, but it's funny that you mention him because uh, we just got done binging. I've seen it before because I have them on DVDs, but uh, the missus decided to watch Nip Tuck and he plays the uh, the drug kingpin throughout Nip Tuck. So I've seen a lot of him lately on my television screen. Well, he's fantastic as always. And uh, yeah, I don't know. This movie just... There are so many memorable characters in the film, and and then there's Jeff Wincott kind of doing well. You know what I mean? The cherry on top of the Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to number six. It is Firepower, and it is the one and only film appearance for the ultimate warrior. And it also, of course, stars Chad McQueen and Gary Daniels. Um, more of a Chad McQueen picture uh, as Gary Daniels. Spoiler alert, gets decapitated by the Ultimate Warrior. Um, this one's a fun one. I, I enjoy this one. Uh, kind of, uh, again, grabbing from the headlines, they kind of work in the whole HIV vaccine and whatnot and try to make it somewhat uh, timely and and uh, newsworthy. And, uh, again, you know, Chad McQueen's another one who maybe falls more into that Jeff Wincott's where he's more of a an actor slash martial artist than a martial artist slash actor 
Well, he's got that famous pedigree. He's, he's got a famous pedigree. Um, I don't know what color, how many colored belts he has in his, in his closet, but when, when I watch his fight scenes, all I'm doing is, is thinking about Gary Daniels. Uh, I just want to see more Gary Daniels. Um, so, you know, when you watch this film, it's, it's funny cause it's got the ultimate warrior in it. I think he has like one line in it. Uh, which isn't that crazy to think that a guy like that will only have one line. Actually, Please. he has more. I, that, that was the thing. Like I watched it. Uh, no, I watched it way back when and thought, you know, he was just like, you know, I, I had forgotten. I saw it like when it first came out, I remember the, there was at least one of the wrestling magazines were like, Oh, ultimate warrior. Cause oh, I yeah. think this was on one of his hiatuses from, from WWE. It was he's going to be a movie star. Okay. I can't wait. I'm going to look for this. You know, I was renting these kind of movies anyway, so it wasn't a big stretch. Right. Um, so, but when I rewatched it, when I, yeah, worlds collide for sure. When I watched it years later, I'm like, wow, he had a bigger role in the movie than, than I thought. Maybe he didn't have that many lines, but he had a lot of screen time. Well, that's what I was trying. He has one line, but he's in the movie a lot. So, and and he's the main heel too. Like they took the second most popular wrestler of the late eighties and early nineties and turned him into the bad guy of the film. And he got a terrible gimmick. He's the swordsman. What a stupid name. What would you name him? I don't know. I'd name, I'd name him like, I mean, obviously the easy one would be warrior, but I'd call him like savage or something and just have him like break people's necks and break their backs instead of needing a sword to kill somebody. So you'd have him have a match in the movie. Well, he's already fighting in a ring. But he he would he enjoyed injuring people. So you would just have him basically be the ultimate warrior. I would have him be a heel warrior. He didn't have face paint, but he would just be like a giant muscled out brute who broke people's bones. To me, that's scarier than a guy who gets a sword. And when he has a sword in his hands, I mean, he obviously doesn't know what the hell he's doing with it. He's just like, he does what I would do if I had a sword in my hands. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what I'm doing with a sword. I'm just, um, so I don't know. I just like, if you're named the swordsman, you should be able to do some pretty cool shit with it. That's all I'm saying. And Firepower got done around the same time that Ring of Fire 2 Blood and Steel was coming out. And they both had like that whole, I mean, Firepower was actually like in the future, but they both had kind of like that double dragon apocalyptic gang, that whole thing going on. So that seemed to be a trend for a while with PM at that period. And can we, can I mention something else here? So we, we essentially have to, we have two cops that go undercover in this, you know, futuristic city that's run by gangs, all this crap. So there's there's two of them. One of the guys clearly the the main dude, right? Chad McQueen. I'm gonna I'm gonna list off their two names, and you tell me which one sounds like the lead star: Darren Braniff or Nick Sledge. Oh, Nick Sledge, all the way. Yeah, dude. I mean, if that's not a poor name, it's an action name. So, but Gary Daniels plays Nick Sledge, who gets his head chopped off. I mean, why couldn't you give Chad McQueen a better name? Uh, that. Th- that's a great question. An does anyone does anyone out there know the answer? Give me an answer, Brain. Maybe Chad McQueen can answer it for us sometime. Um, number five, Skyscraper. This is one I know Chad Cruz saw multiple times, starring Anna Nicole mm-hmm. Smith. Yeah, there's there's certain scenes in this film that that I have vivid memories of. Are there? Yeah, there's a, there's a few. Um, would you like to share with the with the group? Well, uh, anyone who's seen the film can probably guess which ones they are. But one of them involves a shower. Oh, and a bed shortly after. Uh-huh. And then there there's a couple other scenes throughout the film. But uh, I mean, it, it's this this movie here to me is like uh, hilarious and just like. I think I wrote in, in an article just like the sheer audacity of of somebody to give a movie like a leading role to a woman like Anna Nicole Smith in an action film. Like, what were you thinking? And why am I watching this? <laughs> if it's Die Hard, like it's a Die Hard film on a plane or on on a building, a skyscraper, um, and Anna Nicole Smith is the hero. Oh, it's uh, it's movie magic, is what it is. Well, and I think that's just another great example that, you know, PM Entertainment would try things. I mean, again, they, they put the ultimate warrior in a the movie. They they take Don the Dragon Wilson, who's obviously no thespian, but had a great, uh, 
you know, greatest kickboxer in history. Um, so yeah, Anna Nicole Smith, she's got some name value. Obviously people want to see her. People want to see her in the shower and, uh, yeah, let's put her in a movie. Right. And, and, you know, the reason they were able to do that, you know, obviously Canon was, Canon was like, uh, you know, in the eighties, they were making films for, for cheap and, you know, we'd make a hundred films in the hopes that one would be a big hit. Um, but PM entertainment was doing the same thing, but for even less money. So the, you know, the average film for PM entertainment was, was around $350,000. Whereas, you know, Canon was doing, you know, million dollar film, $2 million films. So even, you know, 10, 15 years after Canon was making these, these low budget, cheap films, PM was doing them cheaper and faster. And they were bringing in some of these old stars and stuff. So, I mean, you have to kind of give them credit um, for, for, you know, testing the waters on some actors and and really kind of throwing some crazy shit against the wall and hoping it sticks. Chris, you have any thoughts on Skyscraper? Oh, I've got thoughts on it for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I, I definitely have fond memories of late night cable, you know, when Skyscraper was sandwiched in between the Bikini Car Wash Company and Beach Babes from Beyond. Uh, it is the very definition of a mindless film, uh, you know, basically derivative of Die Hard, but with double D cups shoved in our face. And, you know, as a, as a growing boy, as, as I'm coming of age, I'm certainly not going to deny myself the opportunity to watch action and a Playboy Playmate all in one shot. Uh, I do still have a copy of this movie on DVD somewhere. So it is, uh, it is not a film that has been long forgotten but it is one that needs to be revisited soon. And I know I suggested to you that it is currently streaming on Tubi. So maybe we need to do like a, a bulletproof commentary or a watch along sometime mm-hmm. soon and refresh ourselves with uh, Miss Smith's action prowess. We may have to. And it's one of the few, I think there's only two movies on this list that we have not covered on uh, bulletproofaction.com and skyscraper is one of them. And I think it is because for, I mean, I think it's out of print and it's hard to find an actual dvd copy of so yeah when these things pop up on something like tubi that's a it's a godsend for for people. yeah and it has a great poster too if if it's one of those movies that if you come across it on a streaming service you like you stop just because you're like whoa that's cool it's got the building in the background it's exploding and there's a helicopter and shit it's pretty cool and and nicole smith's big tits are on there too of course thank you that, that that's what really stopped you not the helicopter but the helicopter is a is a key element to a lot of uh, pm entertainment movies yes. along with with the saxophone and the cars flipping that i mentioned yes, the blow uh, anything yes and then you know you mentioned the um pm entertainment doing movies on a budget one of the ways they did that is they recycled a lot of those big stunts they would do um and you'll see pieces and parts of them um, in different movies. Um, I want to say, I think it's ring of fire two, And to be the best have the same car chase. That's great. And I, and I, and I just happened to like watch them like within days of one another. And I was like, wait a minute, I have <laughs> just seen this. I know you're a fan of LA heat. So, right? you know, that, that was how they were able to, to, to film. I think the only what two seasons of that show. Maybe. Yes. Yeah. Two seasons of the show. So the reason they were able to film, they could do uh, an episode in like five or six days. That's because anytime they had an action sequence, they would essentially set up the action sequence so they could reuse and and take footage from one of their films. Cause they had this massive library at that point. Um, they could use action sequences. So you could have this TV show made for very little money with like an amazing stunt happening or an explosion. And you're like, Oh shit, this show is crazy. They must've spent, you know, buku money on it. Nope. Right. A TV show with like feature film stunt work in it. Yeah. Number four on the list, zero tolerance starring Robert Patrick and a rogues gallery of heels. Um, this was another one that kind of snuck up on me recently. Um, wasn't one that I saw back in the day. Mr. D Petrillo. I know you're a huge fan of this one. This was a great movie. Uh, you know, leave it to PM to take the biggest heel in movie history from the early 90s, the T-1000, and turn him into the hero. But uh, yeah, it is a veritable who's who of bad guys and people who 
went on to appear in other things and uh, even an appearance of Mick Fleetwood from Fleetwood Mac <laughs> as one of the villains. And he was in Running Man, so he had a little bit of a action movie history uh, himself. And, uh, you know, full disclosure, I'm more of a fan of Mick Fleetwood's appearances in action movies than I am his music, but that's a conversation for another day. But, uh, yeah, we had Titus Welliver, who actually popped up on Sons of Anarchy years later. He is the star of Bosch on Amazon Prime, which I have not watched yet, but I've heard good things. And, yeah, this one was uh, an ensemble cast of action, a little bit of a political tinge to this one. And, uh, yeah, I did enjoy this one. This was very good. Uh, With Robert Patrick, uh, most times you can do no wrong. He's always entertaining to watch. I prefer him more as a bad guy but I will take him as a hero. You know, there's, there's an actor that I'm thinking of all of a sudden that I wish had, had made the, uh, the switch to PM. And I think he could have been, he could have had a lot of awesome movies in the early nineties. And that is a uh, Michael Bean. Oh, good call. Yeah. You know, like I, when I, when I watch Robert Patrick as a hero, that's who I think of. I'm like, Oh, he kind of has that same similar look. Um, it's like, you know, you're not like this big muscle bound, uh, you know, kickboxing champion, throwing roundhouse kicks and stuff. You're just like a kind of like James Dean, like cool. You know what I mean? More tactical too. More tactical. Like he has like an actual knowledge of like weaponry. He's not just like, he doesn't shoot and then throw the gun at somebody and then like kick him in the face. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like he could have, he could have really made it. Like he could have had some awesome films in the early nineties. Yeah, and he did some smaller pictures as well, so it's kind of interesting that their paths never did cross. Okay, number three on the list is my personal favorite, and it's really just from the opening scene that just won me over instantaneously. Another Gary Daniels movie, this one is Recoil, and that opening chase with these cars going through this warehouse, it just seems to be a never-ending warehouse as well and dodging barrels and this and grenades are being thrown. And that the best part is once they get out on the street and the car flips, goes into the air and hits a traffic light. Yeah. It's a, it's an, a symphony of destruction and the, just the, I, the thought process that goes into making some of these stunts and the choreography with these vehicles. I mean, having two people like fight each other is, you know, and, and not beat the shit out of each other is, tough enough you know it's hard enough but having vehicles go up into the air and to flip and to explode and you know what i mean like it's crazy it's absolutely crazy and recoil i mean it's got to be gary daniel's best film i know it's not number one on the list but to me it's number one in my heart it was it was i'm I'm right there with you chad and i believe uh, i'm trying to think that was i don't know if it was the last role uh, or maybe one of the last roles of Gregory McKinney. Gregory McKinney, uh, you would know him from Mortal Kombat as Jax, but he was also the villain that went up against Don the Dragon Wilson in Blood Fist 3, Forced to Fight. And he was one of the detectives in Recoil. That's the other thing about Recoil is it was a PM movie that really relied more on the action and the stunts because it didn't have that huge cast of characters. You just mentioned you know, one of the supporting characters, but a lot of the people on it were people I've never seen in anything or if I had, they were very forgettable. So this one was really, really action based. And maybe that's why to me, it's my favorite because it's just like, screw it. Let's just go for it. And uh, they went for it. Oh yeah. This one was more the Gary Daniels show than anything. Yeah. He, the, the spotlight was solely on him. We talked about firepower where he really was just a supporting character, even though he had a better name. Um, but yeah, recoil, that's that's Gary Daniels. That's the man right there. That you know, you see that and you're like, "Yes, I'm a Gary Daniels fan." You see that some other ones? Gary Daniels. Yeah, you see some others and you might be like, mm, yeah, "He's okay," but you watch Recoil and you will become a Gary Daniels fan, I guarantee you. You know, Recoil it it solidifies the idea that PM was ahead of its time when it came to action, but when it comes to time, they were very aware of time and um I had read an interview with uh, when we talked about doing this podcast, I read an interview with, with Richard Munchkin. Uh, and uh, he said the rule eventually became that somebody had to either be shooting, chasing or fighting every seven minutes. 
And if it was quicker than that, even better. So when they made films, they not only, you know, when they're editing, but they didn't, you know, they didn't have a lot of money, so they didn't have time to spend a lot of, uh, a lot of time in the, in the post-production. But when they were shooting, they also had to remember like, all right, we got to shoot as much action as we possibly can. So, I mean, they, if you ever, if you think about that and then watch Recoil, you get it because the movie is just like wall to wall action. It's marvelous. Speaking of marvelous, let's move on to number two on the list. It is T Force, starring Jack Scalia. And here's another one I did not expect to like as much as I did. But wow, I mean, Jack Scalia plays a, a cop who hates technology, and this is once again set in the future. And the the Terminal Force is kind of like a Universal Soldier type group um, that uh, gets a little out of control when they are to be deactivated and Jack Scalia finds himself teaming up with the good robot, uh, Bobby Johnston. And, uh, you know, so you got kind of a interesting buddy cop dynamic. You've got the universal soldier dynamic. Um, and then the usual, uh, things that PM entertainment would throw at you. And you also had some appearances from some, uh, villains from action of years past. You had Evan Lurie, as right. the uh, the main evildoer, uh, you had an appearance from Vernon Wells of Commando fame, or Infamy. Uh, and you also had Erin Gray back with PM Entertainment. She was the mayor in that movie. And let's not forget Darren McBee, a.k.a. Malibu from American Gladiators. Oh, Ooh. we can't forget him. And that was not his first rodeo with PM either. Yeah, and I think this movie gets, you know, it gets a high place in this list because, yeah, it kind of does the Universal Soldier in a way, you know, they're more cybernetic than they are just kind of like brainwashed, I guess. But, uh, it takes that, that, that element of like, all right, there's always the cop who doesn't want to partner. And now we have a cop who hates robots. So of course we're going to give him a robot, you know, robotic partner. Um, and the guys play off each other so well. And, and the movie is just absolutely loaded with action too. So that's a Richard Pepin. He puts the P in PM entertainment, but, uh, yeah, so it's like there's no time to waste or there's no story needed. Just start blowing shit up. Yeah, and I think that is the thing that really caught me was just the chemistry between the two guys. Um, it was a compelling part of the story. Like, are these guys, you know, you, you know they're going to end up on the same page, but right. know, it's always a fun journey to get there. And another movie it reminded me of was uh, Alien Nation. Oh, yeah, totally similar premise. And that what was the guy's name who played his his robotic partner? I don't remember his name. Bobby Johnston. He, I mean, he's not an acting like he's not a guy who's going to go out and play Hamlet. But uh, I think when you when you put the, this duo together, it actually works a lot better because he has someone to play off of who's who's his opposite instead of him trying to kind of like do a better version of that person. If you know what I mean. Are we ready? For the number one movie on our PM Entertainment Countdown. It is Gary Daniels. Once again, if this list tells us anything, it is that Gary Daniels is the poster boy for PM Entertainment. And it is the movie Rage. If this list tells me anything, it's that Gary Daniels is a mega huge action star, right? Yes, the contributors do love Gary Daniels. I, I am still... Still kind of surprised by it. I'm not mad about it. Um, you know, I, I felt that there were other movies that should have placed on the list or maybe made it a little higher. But yeah, Gary Daniels proving to be the shooting star, the uh, the PM legend, if you will, on this list with this film. And, you know, I enjoy Rage, but I'm also trying to decide if I actually like it more than Recoil. Right. I know I don't, yeah. but I think the reason it may have made it to the number one spot is because the movie has a PM entertainment video store in the mall. And that is, you know, just something obviously you're only going to get in a PM entertainment movie. And nowadays any reference to a video store is a fond memory to me. Yeah. It's funny. Cause rage, uh, I don't know when I'm, when I'm thinking of, I hate to do this, but you know, if I put rage against recoil, I think that recoil does a lot of this stuff better. But um, Rage is also like, I don't know, it, 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 
the fact that it does something a little bit differently. So he's not a cop. He's not like some secret agent. He's not an FBI guy. He's like this second grade teacher or something that's brainwashed. Um, it's pretty cool. I mean, it's a, it's different. Um, so maybe maybe people saw that and they remembered that it wasn't just some FBI guy stopping criminals. It was like a teacher who all of a sudden has this unbelievable ability to kill everyone. <laughs> so he's become the ultimate weapon. He has. And and it, this one, you know, has definitely more story, I would say, than recoil. So maybe that's uh, rang truer to more people like you know, there was there was something more to it, a little bit more substance. But again, I'll take the action of recoil over rage any day of the week. And, and interesting, the, the guy who plays the uh, reporter, uh, I think Kenneth Tegar is his name. Uh, yes. Played a very similar character. I believe the same character, some would say, in the another Gary Daniels movie, Riot, which didn't make the list, but is a holiday favorite around these parts. Riot is a classic. Yeah. And my only problem with Gary Daniels topping the list is the idea that I could I could probably I could probably make a top 10 Gary Daniels list on my own if only I could remember and differ, differentiate his characters from all these movies. Cause a lot of times he's kind of just doing the same thing in every film. He's being chased by people. They're trying to kill him. Um, and he's trying to survive in various ways by escaping in cars or jumping off buildings and helicopters and whatnot. But, and I think that they actually put all that shit in this movie. Cause there's like helicopters crashing and like semi truck chases. And it's like, it's insane. It's, it's awesome. Uh, but they definitely have some, uh, whoever, whoever did all the action choreography for this, like had the work cut out for them. All right. Well, there you have it. The ultimate PM entertainment countdown. And if you want to read more about our, uh, love of PM entertainment, you can check it out on bulletproofaction.com. Just about every one of these movies have been covered and you could read the, uh, countdown itself and the honorable mentions list. Um, but if you guys are ready, we're going to keep this uh, PM Entertainment train going because I'm going to challenge you both to compete in a little PM Entertainment Jeopardy type game. I will help you out, though, because the answers to these questions are the ten, one of the 10 movies we discussed. So it should get easier as you go because we'll be eliminating some movies. So okay. who wants to go first? Should we draw virtual straws? Mr. Toyman is a guest. I'll I'll go first. That's fine. I'll, you can choose to go first or second. I'll I'll give you that that choice. I I will go first. That's fine by me. Number one, Gary Daniels plays Alex Gaynor in this movie. What is Rage? That is correct. All right, Chad. Here's one for you. This movie is known as Tiger Fighter in Germany. Tiger Fighter. Hmm. Interesting. I'm going to do, uh, oh, let's see. How about Ring of Fire? That is incorrect. Do you want to try to steal that point, Chris? Let me see. Tiger Fighter, I am going to guess and say it's Recoil? Incorrect. It was a dangerous place. Mm. Oh. Nothing says high school karate fighting against the scorpions like Tiger Fighter. Correct. You got maybe the was the mascot of the high school the tiger. Maybe I don't, know. I don't know. I don't remember. See, you know why I didn't think of that because he had that movie Tiger Heart. So that was kind of yeah. like almost like a trick question if you know your PM history. Mm-hmm. Well, here's one. Maybe you'll maybe you'll get this one, Chris. Damn Germans. This one's from Denmark. This movie is known as Blood Boxer in Denmark. Blood Boxer. Well, it's definitely not Skyscraper. the blood box maybe (laughs) i am going to go with ring of fire for that one what is ring of fire you are correct sir two to nothing chad might be losing two in a row here he he lost he lost out on our last uh episode to ryan campbell and now so far christy petrillo Kicking your ass at uh, PM Entertainment Jeopardy. Okay, Chad, here's a chance to get on the board. This movie had the tagline, We all have the right to remain silent. We all have the right to remain silent. 
Hmm. Okay. Um, how about the sweeper? That is incorrect. Chris, you want to try? We all have the right to remain silent. I am going to go with last man standing. Another point for Mr. DiPatrillo. Cleaning up here. Uh, damn you, C. Thomas Howell. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Chris, this one we'll give to you first. Uh, this movie is known as Judge Man in Germany. Judgman. All right. Judgman in Germany. So let's see. By process of elimination, I am going to go with what is zero tolerance? That is incorrect. Chad. I'm going to the well again. What is the sweeper? You are correct, Chad. Yay. Chad makes it one to three now. All right, Chad, here's uh, the next one for you. This movie is known as Dark Force Aliens in Black in Germany. (laughs) Um, Well, those Germans. I'm going to guess T-Force. That is correct, Chad. Now we are two to three. You're catching up. All right. All right, Chris. This movie was spoofed on Saturday Night Live. Uh, What is Skyscraper? Correct. Mm. Chad, this movie was directed by Art Camacho. Art Camacho. What is Recoil? You got it. All right, we're getting down to the nitty gritty. Last one for you, Chris. This movie had the tagline, sometimes you have to take matters into your own hands. What is Zero Tolerance? That is correct. And last one, Chad, you can't win, but... You can be somewhat respectable. Firepower. This, you got it. This yes. movie is this movie is known as Fire Force in Germany. <laughs> Germany, why can't you just stick with the titles we give these movies? Why do you got to change every damn one of them? They got to be so special. They think they're so good. I mean, if I saw a movie named Fire Force at that time frame in Germany, I would think it was maybe like the alternate title, The Backdraft, not Firepower. Right. Uh, yeah. and, and why a- dark force aliens in black there's no aliens in that movie i mean they're, no, they're, they're not. dressed it, in black but i'm actually all four movies called fire force and dark force but i think firepower is a pretty kick-ass name i, I would agree with you now t-force probably leaves some room for improvement but well that was short for terminal force which was the name of the the group of robots, I believe. Or yeah, so if, I see it, if I was like, hey, you want to go watch T-Force? I'm like, I don't know what that... It sounds like a, a Little League baseball bat. Okay. The T-Force. A, a valid point. Thank you. You're welcome. But yes, the winner, once again, Chad is lost. So you can go play some Weird Al <laughs> Yankovic because you lost on Jeopardy. Because Toy Man beats you 5-4. to four. Another fantastic game here. You know, I love to channel my inner game show host at the end of these. And uh, this was a fun one. Um, Chris, any Dollar Tree excursions you want to talk about before we wrap things up? Uh, Nothing in the last couple of weeks. Uh, About a month ago is when the last drop hit. Uh, I found uh, Ip Man Final Fight. Uh, What else did I find? Cabin Fever Patient Zero. Uh, A good mix of action and horror. Uh, some good stuff for the kiddo, but lots of people finding uh, a variety of things. Uh, other Ip Man's popping up elsewhere in the country. Uh, I know Chad has found pretty much the entire remaining stock of Assassin's Creed DVDs out yeah. there and the, out there in uh, his neck of the woods. So apparently, not too many people interested in that one. But I'm always keeping my eye out because it's always interesting to see what comes out there. Uh, not as much action this time around, but I think that Dollar Tree has provided me with official DVD copies of virtually every Chuck Norris film, except for sidekicks at this point. So I'm going to keep my eye open. Nice. And if uh, there's any other Dollar Tree junkies out there that want to uh, share your findings with Chris, uh, how can they uh, get a hold of you on Twitter, Chris? Uh, you can follow me personally at Zach Malibu. 
And if you want to check out any of the toy stuff that the Toy Man does, please do check out figurestoycompany.com and wrestlingsuperstore.com. Follow us on social media at figurestoyco at W-R-E-S underscore superstore on Twitter. Just look up the company name on Facebook and Instagram. And stay tuned for June because lots of stuff from the DC Comics retro figure universe coming in, new Super Friends toys, new Batman toys, a whole lot of awesome superhero toys for you, your kids, whoever enjoys them to play with and collect. And new wrestling stuff currently in production for Ring of Honor, the Legends line, the Rising Stars line. Uh, we recently showed off Shane Strickland, a.k.a. Swerve Scott. We talked about that earlier. But expected in June should be a variant version of the Legends of Professional Wrestling Jim Cornette figure and the debut of Flip Gordon in our rising stars oh, line. Yeah, so I remember lots to look forward to. Is that the uh, Christmas colored Jim Cornette? Yes. So we could have a Christmas in July uh, with Jim Cornette. You can order it next month and have it ready for Christmas in July. That's right. He will be home for the holidays and every day is a holiday with that version of Jim Cornette. Chad Cruz, anything you want to talk about? Uh, I'd like to pose a question to Mr. Uh, DiPatrillo. Um, we we've mentioned these avenging force figures several times yeah, and uh, i just right. want to keep that we want to keep echoing that and that that chris the brain's got very deep pockets and that we're, we're looking to invest some of his money and i mean we're going to be leaning on you hard because you're the toy man but uh i mean yeah. i think you're mistaken though i mean just because there's a hole in his pocket does not make them deep <laughs> well you know perspective right <laughs> Good point. Chad, thank you for trying to uh, uh, make me go bankrupt. But do you know what our next episode is going to be, Chad? I'm sure I'll find out. Because I don't. All right. So stay tuned because we will be back with more of the Bulletproof Podcast. And I'm sure we'll come up with some fantastic idea between now and then. Um, But uh, I think that's about all the time we have. So for Chad Cruz and Christy Petrillo, I am Chris the Brain. Thank you for listening to the Bulletproof Podcast. As always, stay tuned for more. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 